Part four of the Life of Josephus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simon Wainwright. The Life of Josephus by Flavius Josephus. Translated by William Whiston. Part four. When therefore silence was made by the whole multitude, I spoke thus to them, O oh, my countrymen, I refuse not to die if justice so require. However, I am desirous to tell you the truth of this matter before I die. For as I know that this city of yours, Tarichi, was a city of great hospitality and filled with abundance of such men as have left their own countries and are come hither to be partakers of your fortune whatever it be i had a mind to build walls about it out of this money for which you are so angry with me while yet it was to be expended in building your own walls upon my saying this the people of tarichi and the strangers cried out that they gave me thanks and desired me to be of good courage although the galileans and the people of tiberias continued their wrath against me insomuch that there arose a tumult among them while some threatened to kill me and some bade me not to regard them but when i promised them that i would build them walls at tiberias and at other cities that wanted them they gave credit to what i promised and returned every one to his own home so i escaped the forementioned danger beyond all my hopes and returned to my own house accompanied with my friends and twenty armed men also however these robbers and other authors of this tumult who were afraid on their own account lest i should punish them for what they had done took six hundred armed men and came to the house where i abode in order to set it on fire when this their insult was told me I thought it indecent for me to run away, and I resolved to expose myself to danger, and to act with some boldness. So I gave order to shut the doors, and went up into an upper room, and desired that they would send in some of their men to receive the money from the spoils. For I told them they would then have no occasion to be angry with me, and when they had sent in one of the boldest of them all i had him whipped severely and i commanded that one of his hands should be cut off and hung about his neck and in this case was he put out to those that sent him at which procedure of mine they were greatly affrighted and in no small consternation and were afraid that they should themselves be served in like manner if they stayed there 
for they supposed that I had in the house more armed men than they had themselves. So they ran away immediately, while I, by the use of this stratagem, escaped this, their second treacherous design against me. But there was still some that irritated the multitude against me, and said that those great men that belonged to the king ought not to be suffered to live, if they would not change their religion to the religion of those to whom they fled for safety. They spake reproachfully of them also, and said that they were wizards, and such as called in the Romans upon them. So the multitude was soon deluded by such plausible pretenses as were agreeable to their own inclinations, and were prevailed on by them. But when I was informed of this, I instructed the multitude again, that those who fled to them for refuge ought not to be persecuted. I also laughed at the allegation about witchcraft, and told them that the Romans would not maintain so many ten thousand soldiers if they could overcome their enemies by wizards. Upon my saying this, the people assented for a while, but they returned again afterwards, as irritated by some ill people against the great men. Nay, they once made an assault upon the house in which they dwelt at Tarichis, in order to kill them, which, when I was informed of, I was afraid, lest so horrid a crime should take effect, and nobody else would make that city their refuge any more. I therefore came myself, and some others with me, to the house where these great men lived, and locked the doors, and had a trench drawn from their house leading to the lake, and sent for a ship, and embarked therein with them, and sailed to the confines of Hippos. I also paid them the value of their horses, nor in such a flight could I have their horses brought to them. I then dismissed them, and begged of them earnestly that they would courageously bear I this distress which befell them. I was also myself, I, greatly displeased that I was compelled to expose those that had fled to me to go again into an enemy's country. Yet did I think it more eligible that they should perish among the Romans if it should so happen than in the country that was under my jurisdiction. However, they escaped at length, and King Agrippa forgave them their offenses, and this was the conclusion of what concerned these men. But for the inhabitants of the city of Tiberias, they wrote to the king and desired him to send them forces sufficient to be a guard to their country, for they were desirous to come over to him. This was what they wrote to him. But when I came to them, they desired me to build their walls, as I had promised them to do. For they had heard that the walls of Tarichis were already built. 
I agreed to their proposal accordingly, and when I had made preparation for the entire building, I gave order to the architects to go to work, but on the third day, when I was gone to Tarichis, which was thirty furlongs distance from Tiberias, it so fell out that some Roman horsemen were discovered on their march not far from the city, which made it to be supposed that the forces were come from the king, upon which they shouted and lifted up their voices in commendations of the king and in reproaches against me. Hereupon one came running to me and told me what their dispositions were, and that they had resolved to revolt from me. Upon hearing which news, I was very much alarmed, for I had already sent away my armed men from Tarichis to their own homes, because the next day was our Sabbath for i would not have the people of tarichis disturbed on that day by a multitude of soldiers and indeed whenever i sojourned at that city i never took any particular care for a guard about my own body because i had frequent instances of the fidelity its inhabitants bore to me i had now about me no more than seven armed men besides some friends and was doubtful what to do for to send to recall my own forces i did not think proper because the present day was almost over and had those forces been with me i could not take up arms on the next day because our laws forbade us so to do even though our necessity should be very great and if I should permit the people of Tarichis and the strangers with them to guard the city, I saw that they would not be sufficient for that purpose, and I perceived that I should be obliged to delay my assistance a great while, for I thought with myself that the forces that came from the king would prevent me, and that I should be driven out of the city. I considered, therefore, how to get clear of these forces by a stratagem. So I immediately placed those my friends of Tarichi on whom I could best confide at the gates to watch those very carefully who went out of those gates. I also called to me the heads of families and bade every one of them to seize upon a ship to go on board it and to take a master with them and follow him to the city of tiberias i also myself went on board one of those ships with my friends and the seven armed men already mentioned and sailed for tiberias but now when the people of tiberias perceived that there were no forces come from the king and yet saw the whole lake full of ships they were in fear what would become of their city and were greatly terrified as supposing that the ships were full of men on board so they then changed their minds and threw down their weapons and met me 
with their wives and children, and made acclamations to me with great commendations, for they imagined that I did not know their former inclinations, to have been against me. So they persuaded me to spare the city. But when I was come near enough, I gave order to the masters of the ships to cast anchor a good way off the land, that the people of Tiberias might not perceive that the ships had no men on board. But I went nearer to the people in one of the ships and rebuked them for their folly, and that they were so fickle as without any just occasion in the world to revolt from their fidelity to me, however assured them that I would entirely forgive them for the time to come if they would send ten of the ringleaders of the multitude to me. And when they complied readily with this proposal and sent me the men forementioned, I put them on board a ship and sent them away to Tarichis and ordered them to be kept in prison. And by this stratagem it was that I gradually got all the senate of Tiberias into my power and sent them to the city forementioned with many of the principal men among the populace, and those not fewer in number than the other. But when the multitude saw into the great miseries they had brought themselves, they desired me to punish the author of this sedition. His name was Clitus, a young man, bold and rash in his undertakings. Now, since I thought it not agreeable in piety to put one of my own people to death, and yet found it necessary to punish him, I ordered Levi, one of my own guards, to go down to him and cut off one of Clitus's hands. But as he that was ordered to do this was afraid to go out of the ship alone among so great a multitude, I was not willing that the timorousness of the soldiers should appear to the people of Tiberias. So I called to Clitus himself and said to him, Since thou deservest to lose both thine hands for thy ingratitude to me, but thou thine own executor, lest, if thou refusest so to be, thou undergo a worse punishment. And when he earnestly begged of me to spare him, one of his hands, it was with difficulty that I granted it. So, in order to prevent the loss of both his hands, he willingly took his sword and cut off his own left hand, and this put an end to the sedition. Now, the men of Tiberias, after I was gone to Tarchia, perceived what stratagem I had used against them, and they admired how I had put an end to their foolish sedition, without shedding of blood. But now, when I had sent for some of those multitudes of the people of Tiberias out of prison, among whom were Justus and his father Pistus, I made them to sup with me, and during our supper time I said to them, 
that I knew the power of the Romans was superior to all others, but did not say so publicly because of the robbers. So I advised them to do as I did, and to wait for a proper opportunity, and not to be uneasy at my being their commander, for that they could not expect to have another who would use the like moderation that I had done. I also put justice in mind how the Galileans had cut off his brother's hands before ever I came to Jerusalem, upon an accusation laid against him as if he had been a rogue and had forged some letters as also how the people of Gamala in a sedition had raised against the Babylonians after the departure of Philip, slew Chaurus, who was a kinsman of Philip, and withal how they had wisely punished Jesus, his brother Justice's sister, husband with death. When I had said this to them during supper time, I in the morning ordered Justice and all the rest that were in prison to be loosed out of it and sent away. But before this it happened that Philip, the son of Jasimus, went out of the citadel of Gamala upon the following occasion, when Philip had been informed that Varus was put out of his government by King Agrippa, and Aquileus Modus, a man that was of old his friend and companion, was come to succeed him, he wrote to him, and related what turns of fortune he had had, and desired him to forward the letters he sent to the king and queen. Now, when Modus had received these letters, he was exceedingly glad, and sent the letters to the king and queen, who were then about Buritus. But when King Agrippa knew that the story about Philip was false, for he had been given out that the Jews had begun a war with the Romans, and that this Philip had been their commander in that war. He sent some horsemen to conduct Philip to him, and when he was come, he saluted him very obligingly, and showed him to the Roman commanders, and told them that this was the man of, of whom the report had gone about, as if he had revolted from the Romans. He also bid him to take some horsemen with him, and to go quickly to the citadel of Gamala, and bring out thence all his domestics, and to restore the Babylonians to Batinia again. He also gave it him in charge to take all possible care that none of his subjects should be guilty of making any innovation. Accordingly, upon these directions from the king, he made haste to do what he was commanded. Now there was one, Joseph, the son of a female physician, who excited a great many young men to join with him. He also insolently addressed himself to the principal persons at Gamala, and persuaded them to revolt from the king, and take up arms, and gave them hopes that they should, by his means, recover their liberty. And some they forced into the service, 
and those that would not acquiesce in what they had resolved on they slew they also slew charis and with him jesus one of his kinsmen and the brother of justice of tiberius and as we have already said those of gamala also wrote to me desiring me to send them an armed force and workmen to raise up the walls of their city nor did i reject of their requests the region of galantis did also revolt from the king as far as the village solima i also built a wall about cilicia and sagane which are villages naturally of very great strength moreover i in like manner walled several villages of upper galilee though they were very rocky of themselves their names were jamnia and maroth and akabar i also fortified in the lower galilee the cities tarachi tiberius sephorus and the villages the cave of arbella bersobi solomon jatapata kefariko and sigo and jepha and mount tabor i also laid up a great quantity of corn in these places and arms withal that might be for their security afterward but the hatred that john the son of levi bore to me grew now more violent while he could not bear my prosperity with patience so he proposed to himself by all means possible to make away with me and built the walls of geshala which was the place of his nativity he then sent his brother simon and jonathan the son of sassina and about a hundred armed men to jerusalem to simon the son of gamaliel in order to persuade him to induce the commonality of jerusalem to take from me the government over the galileans and to give their suffrages for conferring that authority upon him this simon was of the city of jerusalem and of a very noble family of the sect of the pharisees which were supposed to excel others in the accurate knowledge of the laws of their country he was a man of great wisdom and reason and capable of restoring public affairs by his prudence when they were in an ill posture he was also an old friend and companion of john but at that time he had a difference with me when therefore he had received such an exhortation he persuaded the high priests annas and jesus the son of gamala and some others of the same seditious faction to cut me down now i was growing so great and not to overlook me while i was aggrandizing myself to the height of glory and he said that it would be for the advantage of the galileans if i were deprived of my government there annas also and his friends desired them 
to make no delay about the matter, lest I should get the knowledge of what was doing too soon, and should come and make an assault upon the city with a great army. This was the counsel of Simon, but Artanus, the high priest, demonstrated to them that this was not an easy thing to be done, because many of the high priests and of the rulers of the people bore witness that I had acted like an excellent general, and that it was the work of ill men to accuse one against whom they had nothing to say. End of part four.